You are listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we take a closer look at each session and prepare you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Hey, Drew Dixon. I am the editor of Explore the Bible Students and uh, team leader of student ongoing Bible studies at Lifeway, and I'm back with you to continue studying uh, studying the Bible. And so we're in Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. These are three of what are often referred to as the prison letters, and so they're called that because Paul was writing these letters, you guessed it, from prison uh, while he's in Rome, having been persecuted for preaching the gospel. Um, but he's not, um, you know, he's, he's not uh, being severely persecuted in a way because he's um, he has some freedom to do things like this, like write to the churches that he's concerned about, and he was able to receive visitors and even receive gifts. And so, um, yeah, Paul was... Uh, but nonetheless, Paul's in a difficult situation as he's writing this letter, and from this difficult situation, um, he is able to express deep thanks for this church at Philippi that he had helped plant, that he had started, um, that God had used him to, to plant this church. Um, and one of the things that stands out right off the bat that I think we should go ahead and, and, and get out there is that this was a church that Paul loved deeply. Uh, and also a church that had invested deeply in Paul. And so, um, yeah, these were Paul's people, you know? These were people who um, weren't just like, you know, the kind, these are not the kind of church members that just kind of show up on Sunday. That's not who Paul's writing to. You know, the people that just kind of show up on Sunday, but otherwise you don't really know who they are. They don't really make a big investment in the church. No, these were these were like the people that were really invested um, these were the kind of people that checked in on Paul that didn't just see Paul as someone that could give to them and bless them, but they saw themselves as members of the church at Philippi, as people that could give to the church leaders, to people like Paul who helped plant the church. Um, you know, and I think they're a picture of the kind of church member, the kind of experience God wants us to have in the church communities we're a part of, in the faith communities we're a part of. We're not just to sit on the sidelines, but we're to get in the game and be um, real ingredients in what the church is doing, what the church is about, what your student ministry is about. Um, so yeah, I hope this book encourages your students to um, to jump in and to be a part of what God is doing through your church, through your student ministry. I hope this book connects your church, uh, or sorry, your student ministry to your church as a whole and the ministry it has in the community. Um, I hope this helps you as a leader feel more connected to your students. There's going to be opportunities in the study to help you identify with, connect with uh, your students. And that's that's what this, this passage is about. It's about what do we pray for? Um, this is session one, and it's called Growing in Faith, and we're going to be challenged to think about what we pray for, and here's the central truth. Pray to mature in your faith because Jesus is committed to your spiritual growth. So we're looking at Philippians 1, 1 through 11, and the first thing we see Paul do in this letter to the church at Philippi, which was made up of Jewish and Gentile Christians, but probably mostly Gentile Christians, the first thing he does is, is pray for them. He says, I give thanks to my God for my every remembrance of you, always praying for you all with my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Again, these were people that had invested in Paul's ministry and saw them. And Paul sees them as partners, not just as like people who gave to him or helped him out or whatever. Their their relationship is more than just contractual or um, or getting a paycheck or something. Like they were invested 
in what in Paul's ministry, in the ministry of the gospel. And so he says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Indeed, it's right for me to think this way about you all because I have you in my heart. You are my partners, or sorry, you are all partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Um, if Paul is has been persecuted for preaching the gospel, wouldn't that kind of make the church at Philippi and other churches that Paul had planted a little bit nervous? I mean, yeah, it had to, right? If you hear that your leader, the guy that started your church, is now in prison for doing the very things that he calls your church to do, yeah, you might be a little bit scared, a little bit worried. Like, hey, if we proclaim the gospel, if we like live out our faith, if, we, if we're open about what we're trying to do, like we're going to be in prison too. And yet, they didn't let Paul's imprisonment phase them. The report that Paul heard about this church is they continued to defend the gospel with their words, to confirm the gospel with their actions. Um, and that's what it means to be Christian people in the world, right? Isn't it? To be open about the gospel, to proclaim the gospel, not to hide it under a under a, a bushel or whatever, or hide it, you know, you know, under a rock or something, but it's to let the fact that we love Jesus and we're trying to follow after Jesus be seen, to be that city on a hill, right? Um, to let other people see it. But if we let other people see that we're following Jesus, we've got to back that up. And thankfully, this church was backing it up with their actions, um, with their love for one another, with their love for Paul. So this is the rare church kind of in, in in the New Testament, in terms of Paul's letters anyway, the rare church that Paul wrote to that was doing well in their walk with Jesus. But Paul's not content to just say, hey, you're doing fantastic. His prayer for them is for continued growth. He says, this is, what he, this is a prayer from verse 9, And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so you may approve the things that are superior and may be pure and blameless in the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So here's where I think you really want to land the plane with your students. Challenge your students to think about what they pray for. What are the things that come up when we pray? Um, what are the things that are in our hearts when we pray? This is one of the... Um, one of the questions in the leader guide, question number eight, it says, compare and contrast the way Paul prayed for the church at Philippi with the way we tend to pray today. How might the way we pray need to change? Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of times we pray for the stuff that we need, which is a good thing to pray for, the things that we, we want God to do in our lives. Like, it's good to pray for those things because those are those are opportunities for us to express our heart. Here's what I want. Here's what I need. Um, it's an ch- opportunity for us to express dependence upon God. Um so, yeah, those are all wonderful things to pray for. Um, but I think more than that, um, we ought to be praying for a deeper, more abiding relationship with God. We ought to pray for our faith to grow, for our love, for other people to grow. Are you regularly praying for that? Are your students regularly praying for that? I think if, think of what God might do in your heart and the hearts of your students if that was a regular part of our prayer lives. Um, so the Be Vulnerable Notes are a great place to, to look at, too. This is on page 11. It says, Has anyone prayed for you consistently, specifically, and fervently? How have the prayers of a faithful friend made a difference in your life? When did it really change your outlook on a situation when someone just said, Hey, I'm praying for you. I know what you're going through right now. I know it's been a time, tough time for you. I'm praying for you. That can be a really powerful moment. Prayer has made an impact on all of our spiritual growth, and I think this would be a helpful moment to express 
to your students a way that prayer has shaped uh, your perspective, encouraged you, helped you grow, helped you get through a difficult time so that students might see the valuable role prayer plays in their growth and in their pursuit of Jesus and in their um, path towards becoming gospel-shaped people. Uh, Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Explore the Bible Students Leader Training Podcast, where we equip you, the leader, to teach the Bible and point students to Christ. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, or Spotify. You can also find the podcast on ministrygrid.com. 